This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past the hour here in Hayesville, North Carolina, the 18th day of February 2022. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call. And we've ha- we haven't had him on for a couple of weeks you know, with the stuff going on here, but Dan Zampano joins us. We're finally going to get a chance to uh, do a post-mortem on the Super Bowl. Dan, number one, uh, first of all, welcome. Second of all, did you enjoy the game? Uh, I'd say I enjoyed it. Um, I guess my overall assessment just would be decent game, good, not great, and that we kind of got jobbed by the officials. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of where we we ended up with this game. Was it a close game? Yes. Was it entertaining at times? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it was more so that it kind of felt like very jumpy and very much – very much the officials had a lot to do with it. So well, I'm going that's to t- kind of my overall assessment. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what that uh, defensive holding call they called on the Rams. I mean, on the Bengals on that last drive by the Rams down near the goal line was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Um, you know, and, and and but but at the same time, Dan, the Bengals only have themselves to blame because they lost their cool a few times during that game, and they hurt themselves. Well, like I said, it was a very jumpy game, but it, it died right after we had the very controversial touchdown in the beginning of the first uh, second half, right? And then a pick, and then an interception by the Bengals that resulted in just three points. So, you know, with that going on, the Bengals seemed like they were in control, but from that point forward, even though the Rams had three possessions where they went three and out, and those possessions started at the forty-seven, forty-eight, and thirty-five yard line. The Bengals weren't moving the ball either. True. So True. it just kind of kind of remained in that kind of stalemate type of game. And I always say when, 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 uh, when, when there's no coaching adjustments, and that was one of the big things, this was a very simple game. There was no coaching adjustments really made in the game at all. And when that happens and coaches don't uh, interfere in, in, uh, in the game and the process of the game and the flow of the game, talent wins. And that's exactly what happened because the Rams figured out in the last drive, they said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go to Cooper Cup right right. here. We're going to live and die with that. And then Aaron Donald's going to clean it up in the end. And that's what happened. Uh, Cooper Cup, you know, and, and, you know, I said this throughout the year to you. I mean, the fact that, you know, this is a guy that had to be in the MVP conversation. And when you look at what this kid did, uh, this season, it's absolutely unbelievable. And, and, and it was as simple as I saw this and I think it was ESPN that put this out. But this is this guy won the rece- receiving triple crown. He was the offensive player of the year, and he was the Super Bowl MVP. Jerry Rice did all three of those in his career. He did it in one <laughs> season. I mean, it's absolutely insane the year this guy had. Yeah, one of the best seasons ever in uh, in a league that has now become so passing heavy 
Uh, one guy does all that. You know, you think about all the great young receivers that we have in this league, and Cooper Cup defied them all, even with having Odell Beckham on his team, right. which is the most incredible thing uh, for for him to accomplish. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, this is definitely going to go down as one of the greatest seasons for a wide receiver ever. that's ever happened. And, yep. Uh, yeah, I know, and 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 it's it's a credit to McVeigh and the way that he's kind of shaped the offense. And you got to give the Rams credit. Look, they went out, they got the quarterback. At the end of the day, um, it turns out that it was the right call, it was the right decision, and it pays off for them with a championship. Uh, interestingly enough, so you, you got to give credit where credit is due. Well, you said this too. You said that there was no, uh, there was nothing else for the Rams if they didn't win this with all the moves that they made during the season and you know everybody that they brought in then the season was a failure it was it was win or bust yep absolutely absolutely and that and that I mean that starts with the Jared Goff trade I mean that that is it that's the whole thing we predicted on the show both of us I, I think Maddie had um Bengals winning the game I had the Rams winning the game I just didn't have them covering the spread I thought the spread would come into play and of course it did the Bengals just played too many close games and Look, the Rams, for as good as they are, and and all credit to them for winning the Super Bowl, it did feel like this year there were a lot of missed opportunities for other teams yep. that might have been better, i.e. Buffalo, i.e. Kansas City, i.e. Uh, Tampa Bay and Green Bay. I mean, those teams really looked better for most of the year, but when it came down to it, the Rams were the team that in crunch time got it done, and that's the difference sometimes. The best team... It, look, the Rams are the best team, but there's a lot of luck involved in winning the Super Bowl and even getting the Super Bowl for any team. Right. And I think that the Bengals certainly felt that luck. They got a very lucky way of kind of getting through the playoffs. But the Rams, I think, too, benefited from having the talent that they have at the end. That's why they acquired it, and they won it in the fourth quarter, and the other teams just couldn't capitalize. I said this on my show Monday morning, and I'm just curious whether you agree or not. It's my contention if Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't get hurt in the first half of that game, this game's not close at the end. Mm. That that mm, I, I really it, felt like having him not in the game hamstrung that offense. I I I think I don't think it necessarily hamstrung it. I just think that they just never figured out how to adjust to the Bengals defenses and it wasn't like the Bengals were doing anything complicated it's something that they had seen for so long the Rams could not run the football that was the whole thing I mean the Bengals did a great job of shutting that down I agree with you though I agree with you I thought Odell I had first off I bet Odell on like every prop known to man I had Odell <laughs> I had Odell Beckham. and that killed me when he went right. out I mean he was ready he was off and running. Yep. You know, I think he probably would have won the MVP if he had stayed in that game, to be quite honest with you. He was just – it was impossible for them to get the ball to Cup at times in the first half, and it ended up that he was just getting the ball in, in big positions and getting huge chunk plays. So I do agree with you. I think he definitely added a dimension and a wrinkle that, that uh, allowed them to be a little bit more open with the passing game and not have to rely on the running game so much. And when they took that away, it was like, you know, we can't run the ball. We can't get it to Cup. At some point, you got to let Cup just do what he does. And even if he's double teamed, you know, he can break those double teams. You just have to go to him. They design routes for him to break off double teams. And, and they did a great job of that in the last drive of the game. Social media was absolutely killing Sean McVay <laughs> for his insistence on trying to run the football. 
You know, I mean, they mm. had they had McVeigh as the goat, or, or not, and I don't mean the greatest of all time. I mean the goat for the reason that they lost this game before the Rams even lost <laughs> the game. I mean, uh, mm. was that something that that uh, it? it Watching the game, were you yelling at your TV? Why throw the ball? Throw the ball? Why do you keep running? No, I. I mean, I. I usually commend guys for trying to pace the game. I thought yep. the Bengals were the ones that actually got away from doing that. I mean, the the Rams were down in that second half, and and I had no problem with them throwing it all over the yard. But you do have to pace the game out at some point. You're only down seven at the game in the game. But there was a point where you did have to abandon ship, and that was really late in the fourth quarter, and they did. And they they did, abandoned right. ship, although although the third and one run right up the middle, oh. you knew there was no way. There was no way they were going to get that, and right. they didn't. And luckily, McVay, give McVay a little bit of credit here, though. Going for that fourth and one with five and a half minutes to go, yep. deep in your own territory, Gutsy. that took yep. a little bit of uh, you know what we call the Coyones. Yep. Um, yeah, that took a little bit of that. I, there's no question. Yeah. There's no question. He may be small, but he doesn't lack stature there. I'll tell no. you that. I mean, he's, he, he's, he, he, he did what he had to do and, and it worked out for him in the end. So, you know, like I said, the Rams win games in the fourth quarter typically, and, and they've done it again. And that's why they're world champs. Cause they won the final, they played that quarter as one game. That's why they won the game. Um, Aaron Donald, uh, with a couple of, of incredible plays uh, at the end of that game. I mean, just ridiculous. The the, play, the stop that he made on that, what was it, a third and one run where he literally yep. grabbed a guy with one arm and stopped him from picking up that first down. I mean, this is a guy that's known for getting to the quarterback. What a great – that was perhaps the biggest play of the game. Let me ask you a question about that third and one play. Yeah. What – in the hell is Samaj P. Ryan doing out there that's, running that That's a very good question. I, mean, that, I don't know. That's your guy? Yeah, yeah. That's your guy that you're going to run out yeah. a backup <laughs> from Florida? Like, when you have Joe Mixon, right. a top 10 running back in the league, yeah. sitting out there yeah. on third and one, you're going to run right at the best player in the in the game of football? Like, uh, the, uh, the, only okay. thing I, Daniel, the only thing I can think of is it was one of those things where they were like trying to outsmart the. They're never going to think we're going to give the ball to him, so he's going to get a big gain on this. That's the only thing I can think of because nobody in the world thought that that was going to be the call there. I sure as hell didn't. Par- paralysis by analysis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way that one worked. I mean, how stupid can you be? And then Aaron Donald, of course. You know, I'll tell you something else, too. Aaron Donald made another play that was actually really big as well, and that was the third down right. After the interception at the beginning of the second half, that caused him to have to kick a field goal. Right. He got his first sack in the game. That's right. That yeah. was a very underrated play well, that and, people aren't looking back on because if the Bengals score there, it's a good chance. It's a good chance that that game might come apart for right. the Rams. And that's a good point. And you know, Aaron Donald talked about that too. That fact that they only had one sack at halftime. You know, and yep. and so everybody was thinking, you know, advantage Bengals. And, of course, they came out in the second half and just killed them. But, no, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. And you know what? On that third and one, I would have rather I would have rather have seen them do a quarterback sneak with Joe Burrow on that play than, than the play they actually ran. Yeah. I mean, I mean that would have been, been a bad Might have been more either, successful. Run... <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, Burrow to just go right up the middle, that makes a lot of sense. For me, I mean, again, though, like, like I said – it just feels a little tainted, not tainted, but it feels like we just, 
the drama that we should have gotten was just overshadowed by the, the calls that were not made and the calls that were made. Yeah. I mean, even on that last third down, Logan Wilson gets called for that holding penalty. Right. Never even should have been called. The play never should have happened. The whole offensive line was at a false start. Right. I mean, the whole offensive line, if you go back and look at it. Right. So, true. you know, it really should have been third and goal at the 14-yard line. And then, obviously, the, the T. Higgins wrapping up Jalen Ramsey and hitting Oh, him. my goodness. Like, talk about somebody that – talk about a bad call, but talk about somebody that had a horrible game. Jalen Ramsey sucked. Yeah, I was going to say, terrible. for a guy that's supposed to be one of the best corners in the, in the league, he got beat an awful lot. You know, I mean, so much. Yeah. I mean, now there is, you know, of course, you know, the play where, you know, T Higgins clearly grabbed his face mask and got away with it. There was no call there, but you know, Mm -hmm. but still, I mean, Ramsey did get beat an awful lot. And, but you know what, at the end of the day, the Rams came up with the big plays when they needed to. Um, Mm -hmm. so my question to you is this great. They won the championship all that day, but, but what do the Rams do from here? Because all their big names or not all of them, but a lot of their big names are entering free agency. What do they do now? They don't have, and they don't have a first round draft pick. What until like 2025 or something? Yeah. 2024, I think is their next first round draft pick. And and look, and look, that's part of what the Rams formula was. They said, look, we don't need the first round pick. We're just going to build through free agency. We'll have a couple of guys that we'll pick in the second and third rounds that hopefully will, will, will pan out and a couple of have, but most of those guys that end up, you know, on the team are guys that are free agents. Now right. they've got to figure out what they want to do with Odell Beckham. Do they want to keep him back? Do they want to, is Andrew Whitworth going to retire? Is Aaron Donald going to retire? We saw that right before the game. Right. I mean, that was, that was a big story. So, you know, there definitely is some things. Von Miller is going to have to be dealt with in some ways. Yep. Um, they could certainly run it back. I think that it would be wise for them to maybe just kind of do the contracts that they can do, keep keep as many guys as you can because, look, look, they don't have a ton of cap space either. Like, they're already ultra-talented. I think it would probably be best to just run back this team, play out the contracts that you have, uh, maybe satisfy Odell in some, in some way. Left tackle is going to be something that they're going to have to address. And luckily for them, this draft is pretty – pretty decently deep with yep. offensive Off and line, defensive yeah. linemen. Yep. So, you know, I think that they probably could work something out there. But, again, it's just going to have to be these little nip-and-tuck pieces. They're not going to be that far away from a, from a championship-caliber team. Although, I would say if my best bet would be that neither of these two teams that made it this year are probably going to be back in the Super Bowl next year. It's just, it's just too much for the Rams to have to be able to, to do again with that team. It's a very fragile team with – with, with L.A. and the whole business. Um, and, and, again, they got lucky a lot of the time, too. They, they won in the fourth quarter, yes, and they were very talented. But they also, you know, they played like car- garbage the last half of the season and then went on this magical run. And the Bengals, you know, the Bengals are good, but it's, it's going to be real hard with a healthy Baltimore team. Cleveland will be healthy. Pittsburgh's got to get a new quarterback. And then you have to run through the gauntlet of all those young quarterbacks in the AFC. So, right. you know, with the Rams, I, I would say just, just hold the course steady. And then, you know, once you can build a little bit more to the draft, get some cap space off of your books and, and maybe re, reinvest in some some uh, some veteran players. Well, you know, what, one of the things I look at about the Rams, though, is that, you know, and, and you're probably right that they're not going back to the Super Bowl, but I think they're still going to be a force next year because when you look at that division and some of the other teams in the division, there's a lot of question marks there. I mean, mm-hmm. the 49ers are going to have a new quarterback next year. 
there is uh, there, all three all three teams in that yeah, division might have a new quarterback. There's some restlessness in Arizona. You know, I mean, and and, yeah. and we don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson. I mean, it, you know, so if you look at it from that standpoint, the Rams might have uh, the most stability, at least offensively, than anybody else in that division. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you. I think in that division, sure, absolutely. But I mean, the problem is it's still the Packers. Well, there is the Packers, and I and I'm under the belief now that Aaron Rodgers is probably he's going coming to back. Stay. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, he is. Yeah, I think he's going to come back. But San Francisco, look, San Francisco was in the NFC title game with Jimmy Garoppolo. You think they can't go out and get a quarterback for to to have Trey Lance sit for one more year if they want to, and 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 get one of these guys to to, to run that offense? I think they absolutely could. You know, I mean, it's 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 not going to be take too much for them to get themselves over the hump. So San Francisco is going to be tough to deal with as well. Um, Arizona was a playoff team, but they got to deal with all those all those issues that they have with with Kyler and yep. you know it, there are still a lot of teams out there Dallas Green Bay you know but the NFC look the NFC is certainly not a it's not a conference that is loaded with great teams that's the AFC now it's compl- it's really flipped in the last since Brady has retired now and really since Brady has come over to the uh, come over to the Bucks. It has very much so been a open conference in, in over there in the NFC. Uh, you know, you you just mentioned Brady. Uh, give me the odds that he's really done. The odds that he's really done. That he's really done. I, th- I think I think it's I think it's sixty forty. He comes back. I I, I agree. I, I agree, and I, I I think it's I really yeah. do. I don't see any. I don't hear any confidence in his voice when he's talking about, you know, retirement and yep. he, like this is a this is a Giselle decision. This is not a him decision, yep. and and he's got to be happy with his decision only. And look, he wants to sacrifice for his family, and I understand that he still has he still has he is left in the tank. And I, I think I really do think there is a, there's a good chance that he comes back next year. By week five, he's climbing the walls. And she's ready to divorce him, I'm so he's got to go. Camp. Oh, you there by training camp? Really? Give me, me till training camp. I mean, like, sick. He's, he's, I don't know how I feel in six months. I know how you're going to feel in six months. You're going to want to freaking play. <laughs> what you're going to want to do? Yeah. See, I don't know I about mean, training I, camp. I, I, can I, I don't know already. About, I don't know about training camp. I could see week one because he's he. I think he'd rather skip training camp, and I think he'd rather skip the preseason games as well. Sit at home and then show up for week one. Oh, I, I disagree. I think he loves the process. Yeah. He'll pull a Brett Favre. Okay. He'll pull a Brett Favre on us. I really do. I, <laughs> I, I would be actually. You know that he's. You know that he's forty-five to one to win the MVP next year. What? Forty-five to one. He's he's a forty-five to one number to win the MVP. Retired. That's more than a lot of quarterbacks in the league. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Imagine being a quarterback that has a lower odds than that, and you're losing to a retired guy. I mean, that's, that's incredible. You must, yeah, it's got to be a little depressing. Uh, so, uh, a few other things. Uh, Sean McVay, I thought it was very interesting in the press conference when he's talking about doing this till I'm 60. Oh, hell no. You know, uh, which, of course, fuels speculation. I don't think he is anywhere close to wanting to retire. I mean, there's people that say, no. oh, you know, he could be the youngest coach ever to retire. Yeah, I don't think he's close to that. I mean, I get it where he says he doesn't want to coach till his, till he's 60. But you know what? I've heard that from a lot of coaches before and a lot of baseball managers before. And before you know it, they're on, so, you know, they're on Social Security still coaching. You know, I mean, so it wouldn't shock me, you know, if he's still out there. I mean, I don't think he's, he's, he's not going to walk away, is he? 
He's 36 years old. I know. I, I know. Mean, uh, he started, which is really incredible when you think about it. I mean, these coaches even are getting younger and younger and how good they really are. Yeah. And, you know, make, listen, I, I think McVay is a top five coach in the league. Do I think he's a great in-game adjustment guy? No. I think he's a wizard X's and O's guy yep. uh, that really understands offense, the photographic memory, the whole shebang. I mean, right. he's – he he is proven. I mean, the Rams really proved that. Hey, you can spend money to buy a championship and have a, and have a ridiculous offensive mind. All these guys that were with the Washington, uh, the Washington Commanders. I can't believe I have to say this now. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> unbelievable. All those guys that were in Washington, though: Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur. Uh, Zach Taylor was with Sean McVay. You know, Kevin O'Connell's going to get the job in Minnesota with Sean McVay. I mean, Sean McVay is starting to develop his own little coaching tree, and it all comes under the Shanahan umbrella. So it's quite interesting. You know, the Washington Commanders, you might have to start rooting for them because, like, the, one of the latest mock drafts I saw has your boy from Liberty getting drafted in the first round by the Washington Commanders. Well, can I ask you a question here? Go, go ahead. We're we're not okay with Redskins, right? We're not okay right. with 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 that with that name, okay? Right, right. But we're completely okay with the people that enslaved them for for you know two hundred years uh, and uh, having uh, that be the name uh, Commanders. Uh, I mean, uh, what are we doing here? Yeah, what yeah. are we doing? I mean, I, I just I, I love the fact that they're getting called the Washington Commies. That that because it makes <laughs> oh, a lot of sense. Oh, I haven't heard that. But oh, it's, it's great. It, I mean, the people are calling for the Soviet national anthem to be played at these games. It's like it's unbelievable. Oh what's no. Going on. Oh, that's bad. So it, it, it is. It is. Oh, it is I didn't bad. hear I that. Well, you know bad. what? I'm 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 too far west. I haven't heard that. Oh my goodness. The yeah, commies. I, I've gotten plenty. I've gotten plenty of that. Washington commies. It's like it's like. Uh, can you come up with just like a dumber name? Then look, nobody's going to be happy with the name. It's just never going to happen because of because of the history. But maybe you could have preserved some of the history. I don't know. Get the tribes in there and something and, yeah. and work out a deal with them. Yeah. You know, something like that. I. You know, it, it's the history of the franchise is, you know, it has some, it has definitely some racist tendencies in there. And like, and, and we know about the, the original owner, but man, could you come up with maybe something a little more historical, even like the red hogs that would have been totally fine right. with. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been an homage to the, to the eighties guys right. in the offensive line. So that would have been cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, well, a, it's a tough, I, I will say this. I will say this. The one thing I did see, and I, I don't know, I don't remember who it was, but the, uh, somebody recommended a mascot for the Washington Commanders, and I thought it was genius. Oh, my gosh. The Commandalorian. <laughs> and they actually, oh, somebody actually us. did a Photoshop of uh, somebody in a Mandalorian costume in, the, in the, uh, the, the Washington colors. It was brilliant. They won't do it. But it was brilliant. I would love that. But uh, the commies, that's, you know that's that 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 comment that comment you're making about the Mandalorian reminds me of something. What's that? Uh, that I just wanted to share about the Super Bowl. Yeah. I hope that they never have the Super Bowl in Los Angeles again. I mean, the stroking of oh, celebrities. It was brutal. Is just nauseous. Brutal. I mean, the Rock coming out for no reason right. to What's, do the yeah. eighteen thousandth introduction of this game. It's right. like, can we please just play yeah. the game? Yeah. I, it's just, uh, I and they, they, this city has two teams. How is that possible that right. this city has two teams? They don't care. They could give a rat's behind about football in that city it's right. just it's it's sad and that's why that's partly why i was rooting for the Bengals. was just because the Bengals, of cincinnati i mean that city deserves a championship and, right 
man, I feel bad for them. But they, I think they'll be back in the future. With Joe Burrow there, it's going to be good. Uh, the halftime show, what would you think? I know what you think. No, you know what? No, let me. You know what? Before you tell me what you think, I, you see, you obviously, okay. you obviously weren't listening to my show on Monday. It, I obviously wasn't. It didn't suck, and I don't like. And, and not, <laughs> no, listen, and I don't like hip hop music. Okay, I'm, I, that's very clear. But they, if they mm-hmm. were going to have that kind of a halftime show, I felt, you know, and there were a lot of people that were critical of it because they thought it was too old. But I thought that they did it brilliantly in that they brought in old school people. By and large, yep. that people even my age know who they are. Their 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 stuff isn't offensive in my mind. You know what I mean? I mean, look, mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg is harmless as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? I, you right. know, Dr. Dre. I thought. Look, I thought it didn't suck. It wasn't the worst. It was way better than the weekend. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, this was one of the better ones. I'd say this was one of the one of the better ones because. It didn't suck. That's the whole point. And I, I thought mean, it was. It, a, it yeah. has nothing to say. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was a great one. I just thought it didn't suck, and that's what made it good. Yeah. And you know, obviously, everyone under you know, everyone under fifty kind of knows kind of knows who those people are. And some people, you know, uh, upper upper uh, starting to get up there in the sixties, like you. But <laughs> you know, I mean, still, you were probably. You, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Thanks. <laughs> um, the the <laughs> why, the, why uh, start now? I it was good. I, <laughs> I know, right? What, what the heck am I doing? But I did think I did think it was. De- I, thought, I thought it was decent. I thought it was decent. It wasn't like over the top amazing. It wasn't Prince. Right. I love Prince. Prince, Prince was the, back Prince then was, and, Prince and was like the greatest. Prince Prince was the greatest you know? halftime show ever. Yeah, that was amazing. But I, I would say I would say I give it a B. I give it a B. Okay. It was pretty good. All right. No, that's good. Uh, the, uh, the 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 broadcast team. There is a chance that this was Al Michaels' last game. Ugh. With NBC. So sad. Yeah, and I got to say this. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but I'm pretty sure it is because that's exactly why NBC brought Mike Tirico over. And I don't have a problem with Mike Tirico. I think he's pretty good. No. But but Al Michaels, in my mind, is the best. I would rather listen to him do a football game than anybody else. Anybody. And that uh. includes Joe Buck, Jim Nance, anybody. I would rather listen to Al Michaels. So the fact that he's he, he could be leaving there kind of hurts my heart a little bit. I'd rather Absolutely. I'd rather Chris Collinsworth get Chris Collinsworth the hell out of there and leave Al Michaels <laughs> alone. I mean, Al is just he's just been in it for so long since the early seventies, and you know I'm sure you've listened to him your whole entire life, yep. and I've listened to him my whole football life growing up. It's Al Michaels and 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 John Madden, and then Al Michaels and 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 Chris Collinsworth, and even before that, you could go back, and I'm sure that there were other guys like you know the the what was it. Was it the, the comedian Dennis well, Miller. They did it with Dennis Miller. He did it with Tony. He did a. Didn't we have Ron Jaworski and Tony Kornheiser in the booth with him? Well, I think that was Mike Tirico. Oh, at ESPN, was it Tirico I that think, had those guys? I couldn't remember who the, who yeah, did it with them. I think he was doing it with them. But even so, uh, they had Mike Patrick in there. Mike Patrick. With, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, yep. He was in there. He was in there with Al. I mean, Al just is just there's so many so many the earthquake World Series, yep. the 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 U.S. Olympic team in '80. I mean. Yep. And just all the Monday night football stuff and then the Sunday night football is just he is to me the greatest of all time. I don't know how you feel because I know there's a lot of guys like from your day that, that you know, were there's legends a, yeah. like Cosell and Kirk Jackson. No, you know what? There's only guys, there's only so. one guy that I put in his class in terms of a play by play guy, and you might surprise Pat Summerall. 
Um, so you I, are a Summerall guy. Okay. I love Summerall because Summerall, it, it, a lot like Al Michaels, Summerall allows the game to breathe. You mm-hmm. know, and Al Michaels will do that as well. You know, there are times like with guys like Joe Buck and stuff, they, he, they just talk too damn much. You know, and I always felt that Summerall and Al Michaels allowed the game to breathe a little bit. So those are my probably my two favorite guys of all time. Absolutely. So, but and and the thought that he's going to be on Amazon Prime, just kind of weird to me. I mean, and that that sounds Thursday like Thursday night. Yeah. yeah, on Thursday night and just streaming, it just seems odd to me. Uh, yeah, know, it, uh, it's it's, a, it's it's a blow. It's definitely a blow to a legend, and also Michelle Tafoya. I mean, she's also going yeah. off, which which is. Which is upsetting. I love Michelle. Tavoy. Yeah, I do too. I just thought I she was when I was younger, having the big crush on her, and even now she's 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 a fox now. I mean, she really is. Well, you know so, who my I mean, favorite there, was? Yeah, she, and you know who my favorite was? Yeah. The one I had the crush on was uh, Susie Culver. Of course, yeah, she's uh, still on there. Yeah, she's, she's still, still around. But but Michelle Tafoya is, yeah. you know, and she's just stepping away of her own accord, right? She just said, "I've had enough." Yeah, she's just she's stepping away. I think she's going to do some podcasting, okay, um, something like that. Just changing up her broadcasting career, but uh, it's just breaking up the band that that we've grown up with now. For gosh, I mean, Chris and Al have been doing it for ten plus years now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, since, Chris, Chris needs uh, to go away. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I know. I know people have their views about Chris, but Al, I, I agree with you. Al's the greatest of all time. And, and I hate to, in my I, mind. I hate to inform America that you and I are not stepping away. We'll still be around. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> some way, we're still kicking and breathing. Yeah. So, a few other things. So, Zach Taylor gets a contract extension through 2026. I think that was the right thing to do if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you know, no because, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the Bengals need some stability, for God's sake. Yeah, I hope that he doesn't end up like, you know, a lot of, a lot of these first-time coaches that end up getting fired, like, you know, that take the Super Bowls. Dan Quinn comes to mind yep, in that. Yep, I think Bill yep. Calla- Bill Callahan of the Raiders. I mean, yep. you know, a while back. I mean, I hope he doesn't end up like that. I I, I called for him to be the first coach to be fired this year. That's I really yeah. thought that that was going to happen. <laughs> and it, it didn't. And and look look how stupid I am. So well, you we, know, it's no it's comment. interesting to go back and yeah, I know you go back. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you better keep your mouth. Cleveland shut Browns. On that one, huh? Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Yep. <laughs> I, you know, I I I can't. I'm never going to live that nope. one down. I'm never Gonna it's on your down. tombstone, but buddy. I, we really thought that we we thought the Bengals would be good. We really did. And yeah. Last year, I remember I, w- I went back and I listened to our our free agency show that we did in like April of last year. We're like the Bengals might be a team that we're going to place a lot on like this year, and and it just ended up like we kind of got away from that and lost that. And it turns out like they had the team, they had the team. So it's going to be interesting to see if there's another team like that that can do it, or do the big guns come back next year and. We don't have a Cinderella story. Will, will like they? We did uh, this year. Will they draft anybody but an offensive lineman in the draft this year? I, I mean, I, if they don't, <laughs> I mean, he might get fired. Yeah. He might be the first coach fired uh, next year if he doesn't. I mean, the, uh, I mean, the other news, I guess, is I, I understand that uh, Lamar Jackson is uh, back working out again, throwing a football after the ankle injury, so he's on his way back. And I'm sure Ravens fans are praying to God that uh, that he becomes his old self. But I wonder. Dan, like a guy like that, you know, we this is the year, you know, the, the time of the mobile quarterback. But guys like that that have continually taken a beating the last few years, you wonder how much the how much he'll be able to recover. Yeah, I think Greg Roman needs to do a little soul searching with the offense. Yep, just just to give give Lamar the ability to create, but also take his mind off of having to do that every play. I mean, I'd like to see them go under center a little bit more, use okay. the play action game a little bit more, yep. 
um, you know, just to give him some relief. Remember, look, this team was the infirmary of the league this year. It right. was no question about it. Yeah. I, they, they they lost their top three running backs before the season even started. Right. So, I mean, you got to you got to understand the the Ravens really were dealing with a lot of injuries, COVID, all that. And the great thing for the Ravens is that all their backups got time playing. Right. So they're going right. to have a lot of depth to 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 really work with guys that have had experience. The one thing I worry about the Ravens with, though, is not Lamar, because I think Lamar is, is going to be fine. They lose Wink Martindale as their defensive coordinator. Oh, I that's mean, right. That yeah, that's right. A, yeah. a massive, about that. massive hole to fill. Massive yeah. hole to fill for the Ravens. So can they can they kind of retool, reshift? This is what the Ravens do. They always are have guys in the pipeline ready to go, you know, for when the older guys retire. Right. I think they have a couple of guys still, like Patrick Queen, like – like the kid Oway, the defensive lineman. I mean, they still have a couple of guys there that that are still up and coming. So I I love the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be a hard team to to play with next year. You know, the other uh, another uh, uh, guy that's leaving, and and we didn't even mention this. We were talking about the Rams next year. Of course, they lost their offensive coordinator because he's now the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. So that's a, that's mm-hmm. another that's another team that's going to be searching for an offensive coordinator. Now, now I know McVay's got his finger on that kind of stuff, but still, uh, you know, that's a big loss for the Rams as well. A lot of big offensive coordinators leaving. I, and, like, you're right. I think McVay's really got his, his finger on the pulse I right. mean, of that offense. So yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about the Rams with that. Just like I'm not worried about how the 49ers are going to deal with losing Mike McDaniel, their right. offensive coordinator, to the, right. to the Dolphins. So Shanahan's got, got his finger on it. McVay and Shanahan both run their programs. From, right. from, the, from the cap space situations to free agency to drafts, they run it. So there's no question or mistake about that. So... You know, I, I'm not too worried about either of those guys and their ability to keep the offense rolling. The uh, the Saints announced today, by the way, they are going to retain uh, Pete Carmichael as their offensive coordinator under Dennis Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably probably not a bad move there. You know, considering uh, to, to give that team a little bit of uh, uh, stability, and I'm sure Dennis Allen's probably going to need all the help he can get with that team. I'm interested to know have Dennis Allen has learned anything from his Oakland days, right? Right. Um, of being there and 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 see how he handles this team that still has a ton of talent on it, but where's the quarterback? Right. right. You know how are we dealing with Michael Thomas? And and There's a lot of guys that still have to be paid. Not and, a lot of cap space. It's kind of a strange job. Well, and your best player gets arrested. Alvin Kamara gets yeah, arrested in Las Vegas. I mean, you know, that's not that's not a good look. I mean, so that's that's another distraction that that team doesn't need. But yeah, they're gonna. I mean, that's got to be job number one for them this year as well, doesn't it? Drafting a quarterback. I mean, it I might mean, be unless I mean, they want to go with Jameis again. But but I mean, I guess it could. Uh, I don't know. They, they they just don't have a ton of cap space, and they really need to hit on some draft picks badly. If they you really do, if you look around the league, Dan, I mean, you know, look, the uh, the Commanders obviously need a quarterback, right? Uh, you can make a case that the Indianapolis Colts need a quarterback. Uh, they will. Yeah, I mean, you would think uh, the Saints need a quarterback in the worst way. I mean, so. Uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that are, you know, how deep do you see the quarterback pool being this year? Very deep. Uh, and deep in terms of need. Do you maybe think, not, I mean, maybe not, maybe not deep in terms of, of, of people to fill those. Needs. Well, that's, that's I'm what, sure that's where I was that. going. I mean, the, the quarterback class from last year was pretty good. Um, you know, what, how many, how many quarterbacks do you legitimate, you know, NFL caliber quarterbacks do you see in the upcoming draft? 
in the upcoming draft, oh, I, I do think Malik Willis will definitely have a chance. Uh, I think he has the highest ceiling of anybody. You do. Okay. I think Kenny Pickett's probably Kenny Pickett's probably the most consistent of anybody. Okay. Um, and and outside of that, uh, you know, I think there could be something maybe there for Sam Howell. I think there may be Matt Corral if he can if he can he reminds me a lot of Zach Wilson in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, you know, I I have to do a little bit more studying on some of the other guys, but it's not a deep class. It's just not class here, and and it's going to be. It might be it, people are comparing it to 2013, like the EJ Manuel, you know, Christian Ponder class. Yuck. It's not, it's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> the word for it is, is yuck. But I, I do have faith in Malik and I have faith in Kenny Pickett to be able to come out, but certainly not day one starters unless they can figure it out quickly. Well, the other team I, I, I almost forgot about that needs a quarterback is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I almost forgot about and that's that. Where, that's the Kenny Pickett, that's the Kenny Pickett fit, you would think. You would think, right? yeah, mean, you would think. Yeah. Similar quarterback, very athletic, kind of how Ben was. When in the beginning, a bigger guy at Pitt, you know, I mean, right. it, it makes a lot of sense. It's a ma- it's a matter of can they get him? You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the deal with Malik Willis. Malik Willis is going to have to fit into a puzzle piece that is not, you know, it's it's going towards the trend of what this league is doing, but it's certainly not prevalent around the league quite yet in the running quarterback. So, you know, Kenny's I think Kenny's got a better chance of fitting in a lot more places. Uh, so let's uh, take a second because we we can't have you on here and not talk a little bit of New England Patriots and uh, let's talk a little Why bit. Of, let's talk a little bit about what the Patriots are going to do. I mean, obviously Josh McDaniels heads out to Vegas, but the problem is he took uh, Mike Lombardi and uh, Carmen Brasilla with him. Uh, you know, I mean, the Patriots have a lot of holes in that coaching staff. And uh, does this and mean, yeah? Does this mean a bigger role, like for a guy like Matt Patricia, you see him taking a bigger role next year? God love it. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I, yeah. You're not wrong. You know, I mean, look, we give crap to McDaniel's all the time on this show, but you know, he was he's the most qualified coordinator in all football, right? To be a head coach, right? There's no question about it. So, you know, um, remember they also took Dave Ziegler with them. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, Ziegler, that's right. Yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's a lot of holes. Now, they still have Elliot Wolf there okay. um, in the front office, and they've promoted some guys that have been there for years. But I do wonder how they're going. I mean, look, I think Mac Jones is smart enough to figure out. He's had a couple of coordinators in the couple of years he was there with Alabama. I mean, I do think he's smart enough to figure out how the offense is still going to function. Mm-hmm. The word on the street, the word on the street that I'm hearing is, you know, they did hire Joe Judge to come in and and and, oh, and come right, back yeah. and coach coach yep. coach offense, which will be interesting. But um, he was a receiver. I, I he was a receivers still, coach. It wasn't one time, wasn't he, Joe Judge? Receivers, and he was he was a special teams coordinator okay. for a while there. Okay, as right. well. So. Okay. Um, to go to the after or before he went to the Giants. So look, I, I still think Bill O'Brien or Adam Gaze is on the table. I, I really wouldn't put it past them to do one of those two. Yeah, I, I do. I think Bill O'Brien especially. I mean, O'Brien went to Alabama to refine his craft. There's no question. I mean, he wanted to work under Saban and 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 figure out that offense. And there's no other person that has the similarities in style right. than Saban does to Belichick. So. You know, I think, and Bill already understands the offense. He was already in New England for a long time. 
I think it would be a good thing for them to bring him back because you need like Mac is still growing in his sense of in the sense that he's got to develop his arm strength. I think he needs to get stronger. I don't think his IQ level really uh, is 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 something that they really need to worry about. But it's about strength and anticipation. Okay. Uh, that that is those are the things that they're going to work on, and I think Bill O'Brien would be a good a good coach to have and work with him specifically. Um, but look, the Patriots outside of the coaching staff needs they need to figure out the defense. I mean, the defense is old and slow. Yep, yep. That's all. That's what that's what the deal is. Linebackers, defensive linemen, these are the people that need to be addressed. Is J.C. Jackson coming back or not? Otherwise. What are we doing with with, the, with that cornerback position? Because guess what? The the top two cornerback free agents mm-hmm. are J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore. Ooh. So what oh, do you wow. want to do? Really? You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's really what it is. So, I mean, you could think about maybe letting Jackson go and bringing Steph Gilmore back if there's not enough bloodshed to sell there with, <laughs> for that situation. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it is a lot of things to fill, especially – Coaching staff is the most important thing. It really is. And that, that's, that's what can really hurt you in the end. So the Patriots don't like to go outside of the bubble to do that. So I'll be super interested to see and, and how they adjust and how they kind of reshape the defense and, and make it into the new generation. Well, the other interesting thing will be, I mean, they, uh, they, it was a, uh, a spending orgy last year come free agent time. The question this year is <laughs> going to be how much money are they going to have to spend in free agency? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to be as much. I oh, don't think, no. as, I wouldn't as, think. As last year. Yeah, um, they, they they typically try to keep it cap strong, but last year was the exception because they know they needed a better a better roster. I think they certainly improved the roster. I think there's going to be guys that might come off the books though. I think there's guys like Jonu Smith and maybe Nelson Aguilar that you know you might be able to you know limit the damage by letting them go uh, and and readjusting kind of your numbers and seeing who's out there does. Uh, you know, maybe go get somebody that's coming off an injury. Maybe if, if you know, a guy like Odell Beckham said that he was pretty close to coming to New England, is is he somebody that you would want to go oh get boy. in free agency? Oh boy, that'd be a, that'd be an interest, interesting, interesting person to bring in on yeah. a one year deal. Why, why is it? Why um, is it every? Why is know? it every time I think of him? And I know he's not the same, but why is it every time I think of him, I think of guys like you know Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown? Why do why do I why do wow. I think of him in the same breath? And I know it's not the same, but it's just he's such a distraction. I really you know, I, and but I guess if anybody can handle that, uh, uh, you know, Saint Bill can. No, I I think I think he'll be like a Chad Ochocinco. I think that's what he'll be. I mean, okay. they'll give him a chance. Yep. And, you know, if it works out, it works out. It I think he still yeah. has stuff left in the tank. And yep. I'm sure, I mean, he was he was, a, he was an angel when he came to L.A. That's true. I mean, he was on a good team. When you're on a good team, you know, when you have a good quarterback playing with it, you that's know, things seem to be okay, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if he's somebody they target. Um, still got to go through the free agency class though, and just see. Let's okay. just see where they're at. They need a slot receiver that has speed for separation. That's what they desperately, desperately need. Well, that's so kind of that's kind of that, what that's I was going to be a priority. That's kind of what I was going to ask you. I mean, uh, I mean, I know they need to figure the defense out, but it would make sense to me that they try to fix the defense through the draft, and 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 the receiver thing. I I would think you're more likely to get an impact guy in free agency. No. No, I think you're right. I, I definitely think you're right. It's just got to take a look at and see who's available and hang on. Let me know, write this who's down. Who's going to resign? And who's? I was right. <laughs> I got to write this down. Zapano said it was right. 
Oh my goodness! I just, so so that's like how many tallies are we at? Like like that's one for the year. So that's the that's, one. You yeah, get that might be the second. That might be the second one. Usually, you just tell me I'm an idiot. Yeah. So I, I I like getting one every now and then. <laughs> But well, I, you know, I have to call them as I see them, Gene. But well, I mean, well, thanks. That's all right. My wife says the same thing. Uh, you know, it was interesting. By the way, I loved, uh, and I don't remember who was it. W e e i that or, or some idiot up in Boston. You you were great. Somebody tweeted something out that Sean McVay was a better coach than Bill Belichick, and your comment was, "Fire whoever wrote this immediately." I yeah, I can't. Was it W e e i that did that? Yeah, WEI, uh, you know, no more need be the said. Weasel Network, yeah, you know, yeah. the Weasel Boston Radio yeah. Network. I mean, they're just, they're ridiculous. just, they're just awful, awful. Oh. Yeah. Well, my friend, uh, free agency starts what in about a month? Yeah, March sixteenth. Right. Free agency tampering period opens. So, Tamper- uh, if we don't get to, we got a little. We, yeah, uh, you gotta love that whole yeah, tampering yeah. period. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we only have a month off, and then we're right into it. Combine is coming up. I mean, we'll do a little hibernation, but then we get in the foam room, and that's going to be going to be a lot of fun. Just looking at, at some of these new prospects. It's a very unknown group in the draft this year, and right. then you know, not a huge free agency class like we've had the past couple of years. So, could be interesting. Maybe some trades uh, go down, and uh, some teams that want to spend some money will do it. So, it could be cool. Well, I am going to let you uh, percolate for a, a few weeks, and then we will have you back on. And by the way, I have not forgotten, sometime this spring, I will be on my way to Lynchburg, Virginia, to take you out to dinner to fulfill our bet. I'm not a betting man, and I should know better than to bet with Dan Zampano, but I did, and I lost a bet. So I will be up there sometime this spring uh, to make good on, and, uh, on our deal. I'll send a thank you note to Kyle Shanahan directly from you. How about that? <laughs> Beautiful. Dan, have a uh, a great couple of weeks. We'll uh, we'll talk to you as uh, we get closer to free agent. And uh, thanks uh, for doing this, my friend. I appreciate it. Gene, it's been a great season. It's been a grind, uh, and I'm happy that we are able to to do this once again for as many years as we've been doing it, and and having us be on the platform for of uh, of your of your station for the last three years with our show has been has been a blessing. So I I appreciate it very much. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of The Wake Up Call. For Dan Zampano, I'm Gene Gums. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.